Well, good morning, High Life, and it's great to be with you this morning. Uh, thank you for joining us for our service. Isn't it great that uh, we may be in different uh, locations, but we are one in Christ, and the fellowship of the Spirit is real. Um, you know, your prayers, my prayers for you are effective, and your prayers for me are effective. Uh, thank God for the Spirit that has, has made us one with the Lord and one with one another. We're going to continue um, our study today. Um, on the anatomy and operations of the new creation. Uh, before we get into the word, um, let us have a word of prayer. Father, it's such a joy uh, that we are called the sons of God. It is such a joy that we live um, in these days upon whom we are the people upon whom the end of the ages have come. Thank you for this day of light that we live in, the day of the manifestation of the sons of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for lighting our candle and enlightening our darkness. Lord, we're so grateful. Uh, we're thankful for this time we have together in your word. We ask, O oh God, that you um, open the eyes of our understanding. Let the eyes of our hearts be flooded with the light. Bring us into uh, revelation knowledge concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, that we may see him for who he is, in order that we may see who we really are. Uh, Holy Spirit, thank you for your help this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope you've had as much fun um, um, uh, on this series as I have had exploring uh, this series, the anatomy and operation of the new creation. You know, last week um, I started, should I say, a part one uh, of uh, under that um, overarching series. Uh, I, I titled last, uh, last week's message, um, Christ, the person and the dimension. I'm just going to conclude that part before we proceed uh, with the rest of um, our study. So we can call this sermon, um, Christ, the person and the dimension. Uh, whenever we think about the Lord Jesus Christ, we think about the person. Uh, and we know that the word Christ is not his surname. Uh, Christ really speaks about the anointed one. And it was anointed uh, to bring redemption to man and to create what I call the Christ dimension. And, um, and that is the, the dimension that we function in. When we, whenever we say we are in Christ, yes, we're in union with him, which is something we're going to explore further, but also we occupy the same dimension that he occupies. Uh, let's go straight to the word. Um, in Colossians chapter 3, I, I shared that. I'll read that briefly and then we'll continue from there. Uh, which is our text scripture, really, for this part of the series. Verse 1 says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Okay, this is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits, enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Um, Jesus rose from the dead. He is no longer on the cross. Um, the Christ the anointed one uh, still, fu still functions as the Christ because the anointing he brought was not just to bring redemption, but to create a place of occupation. The Christ sits, the Bible says, enthroned. He's in a place where he sits as the Christ. Enthroned, a place of kingly authority, a place of all power, all honor and all authority. That is the Christ dimension, the place he occupies, okay? And remember this passage begins by saying, his resurrection 
is your resurrection too, okay? Christ's resurrection equals your resurrection. His place of occupation, the dimension he occupies is the dimension you occupy. You see, it is only through revelation knowledge and meditation through humility that we would accept this as truth in our hearts. Otherwise, it would just be an incredible statement that we will just assent to mentally. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection. The Christ dimension is the place where he sits. He sits enthroned. You can't uh, be in the Christ dimension and not be a king. It is a place of enthronement and not just any kind of authority, but all authority, all power and all honor. Okay. And then he continues by saying, yes, feast on all the treasures of that realm, of that realm, of that realm. We're to yearn for it. We're to yearn for it. And yearning doesn't mean just desire it. Yearning means um, investigate the ramifications or the implications of being in this dimension, in a place of kingly authority, of all power, authority, and honor. And he says, feast on the treasures of that realm because the treasures of that realm belong to you. Okay? And fill your thoughts with the realities of that realm. Okay, and not with the distractions of the natural realm. And it continues in verse 3 by saying, Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. The reason why the natural realm is a distraction is because the natural realm creates the impression that your scope of operation is limited to what you see, feel, taste, touch, and hear. That is a distraction. Um, Paul um, to the Corinthians said that he said, we'll do not look. He said, why will do not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen? For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. That's 2 Corinthians 4.18. The things that are seen, the things that you taste, touch, feel, and hear um, are, and see are temporal. They are changeable. Don't be distracted by those things. Feast on the, the reality of the eternal realm, the reality of the realm of heaven, the reality where you sit enthroned in all authority, power, and honor. It says, and as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. You are now one with him in his glory. Everything that Christ has now, Everything that Christ has now in the Christ dimension, in that place of enthronement, everything that Christ has now, you have. And the only way that becomes a reality in your experience is as you feast on those things, as you feel your thoughts with the reality of who you are, who you have, made, who you have been made to be through the resurrection of um, the Lord Christ, who is the last Adam. Now, this Christ dimension was talked about uh, a little bit more in Ephesians chapter 1. I want to look at Ephesians 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Paul was praying for the Ephesians, and this is what we call the Ephesian prayers or part of the Ephesian prayers, uh, which was inspired by the Holy Spirit because they are based on reality. They are revelation truth based on reality. Verse 19 of Ephesians 1 says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power 
that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things, everyone say all things. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him to be head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with his presence. Now, he he tells us the purpose of the Christ dimension. Remember in Colossians 3, he was talking about him um, being exalted um, and seated in that place, enthroned in that place of authority, honor, and power. Now here he says again, using slightly different words, that he has been exalted, the Christ, far above all authority, power, leader, or anything else, not only in this age or in this world, but in that which is to come. God has put all things under the authority of the Christ. And he has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. For the benefit of the church. So the Christ dimension is for the benefit of the church. Okay? Not for the benefit of God. Because Christ, or the Lord Jesus Christ, as the second person of the Godhead, does not need the Christ dimension. Okay, because the Bible says that, I mean, he's, I mean, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. He was there in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. Everything was made by him and for him. He is Jehovah. Yeah, he is Jehovah. And, but, but, but as his title as Christ and the dimension of authority as Christ is a dimension that was created for the benefit of the church. For the benefit of the church. For the benefit of the last Adam. For the benefit of the race of heavenly beings that are created just like himself. So the Christ dimension, everything that is spoken about in the Christ dimension is not for God, but for man. For the last Adam. Yeah. Um, you know, in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 48, we read this last week. It says the first one uh, made from dust has a race of people just like him who are also made from dust. The one sent from heaven, that's the last Adam, has a race of heavenly people who are just like him. Okay. So this Christ dimension was created for the benefit of the church. Everything Christ has as Christ is for the benefit of the church. The Bible says the church is his body, his body. Now, you and I know that your head and your body are the same person, okay? The authority of the head is the authority of the body. Everywhere the head goes, the body goes, 
okay? And he couldn't have said it in more explicit terms that everything Christ has been given, everything he obtained in his, in his exaltation, every place he seated, he was given that authority for the benefit of the church. And that's why when Jesus rose from the dead and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me, he now says, therefore go in this authority, okay, and go in my name, which literally means in my authority. The only reason why we could move in his authority is because we are one and the same person. He is the head, we are the body. There's a mystical union between the head and the body. And the Christ dimension is a place that's been created and an authority that has been given for the benefit of the church. So in the beginning, when God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, okay, this was what God envisioned. When he said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, this is what God envisioned. He envisioned man in Christ. Yeah? He envisioned man in Christ. This is why the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, for man to be one with him in his glory. Okay? Um, we've spoken in previous times about the first man um, and how the, the God's plan for the first man was to be culminated. That was not the end of God's plan for the first man. The plan for the first man was to be culminated in man in Christ as the last Adam. And that is why the, the cross was not God's second plan or God's um, secondary plan. The, 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 the cross was always part of God's plan. And that's why uh, Revelation 13, say, 8 says that uh, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, before man was ever created, before the first man was ever made, the lamb was slain. And the lamb was slain so that when God said, let us make man in our image, man could justly culminate, that creation could justly culminate in Christ as one with him in his glory, as as um, Colossians 3 says. So the Christ dimension was created for the benefit of man. The enthronement of the Lord Christ on the throne was for the benefit of man. Everything that Christ obtained by virtue of his exaltation was for the benefit of man. That's incredible. That's incredible and we must meditate on that. We must meditate on that. We are now one with him in his glory. And the Bible says that, um, and the, the, again, this is in, in Ephesians 1.23, it says the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who feels all things everywhere with himself. Christ feels all things everywhere with himself. So when we think of himself that feels all things, you cannot take yourself away from that, uh, that equation because Christ is not just the head. Christ is the head and the body. So wherever Christ goes, the body goes. There is no dimension of existence that Christ functions in, that the body is not ordained to function in. Again, the Bible says that we are one with him. We are one with him in his glory. So the Christ feels, every, feels all things everywhere with himself. 
okay? So as we meditate on this truth and meditate on this understanding, then it means that by creation, everywhere Christ goes, you go. Every authority that he has, you have. Every dimension he operates in, by creation as being in Christ, you function in that same in that same uh, in that same dimension. And that's why the Bible says we should feel our thoughts with these realities. We should feel our thoughts with these realities because there's an unfolding of who you are when you truly understand who Christ is. Because everything Christ is, He is because of you. Everything Christ is is a signpost to who you are because we are one with him now. We are now, the Bible says, one with him in his glory. As we, as we meditate on this, it, un, it untethers us uh, from the, the, the pool or the, the anchor of the flesh because he says that, 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 that the, the revelation severs that in, in experience. We have been severed from all the distractions of the natural realm, but only by yearning and feasting, only by immersing can we emerge into the true reality of who we are in him. So, um, so it is accurate to say that man was created of heaven, in heaven, from heaven, with heaven, by heaven, for heaven. Man is essentially a heavenly being. As 1 Corinthians 15, 48 makes clear that we are, we, he, he is from heaven, the Christ, and he has a race of heavenly beings just like himself. So man is a heavenly being. So it is right to say, and we need to adjust our thinking to, to, to embrace the understanding that you are created of heaven, in heaven, from heaven, with heaven, by heaven, for heaven. You are a heavenly being. So we are created of heaven. You know, in, in uh, John 4, 24, the Bible says that God is spirit. God is spirit. So when he said, let us make man in our image, he was, he was creating a spiritual being like him. Okay, you and I, understand God to be of heaven. He's a, of, a, of, a, of a heavenly materiality. So you and I are of heaven. We're created of a heavenly substance, okay? We're created of a heavenly substance, yeah? We're created of a heavenly substance. You are essentially a heavenly being. So we're created of heaven. We're created in heaven. You know, when we read Revelation 4, um, and we looked at um, the, the unfolding. Uh, we looked at the unfolding of creation. Okay. And in Revel we read Revelation um, 4 and 5. Which really, apart from just documenting what was in heaven, it showed us the unfolding creative process. Um, and the place of our creation as heavenly beings. We saw in Revelation 4 that that God, we saw God first on the throne, okay? And, and when you study history or you study the word, you would see that when God revealed himself in the spiritual dimension and created, um, created um, the spiritual world, 
you know, he he was the only one in existence in that in that in that spiritual sphere. He created the spiritual sphere for him for him to be manifested in. Okay, um, the spiritual realm actually dwells in God, and God created the the spiritual realm as a place where he would reveal himself. And then after the creation of the, the spiritual realm and, and, and revealed himself in that, in that spiritual realm, the first created beings were the 24 elders uh, who are divine witnesses. They are not human beings. The, the 24 elders we see are the next, uh, the, next uh, uh, the, the first created, created beings who witness all of God's creations in all the eternities of God. And then we have um, the cherubic, um, we have the cherubic race. We have the, 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 the four-faced cherubims and the you know, one-faced cherubims. The cherubic race uh, are also mentioned next. And then we have the angelic beings, okay? We know that the angelic beings were created before the, um, before the creation of man because Job uh, 38 tells us that they witnessed uh, the creation of the earth, they witnessed the creation of man, and the, the morning stars, the Bible says, sang together. Okay, so we see, uh, we see those, um, those angelic beings. And it's only after all of those beings were created that we see man created. We see the Lamb of God uh, who, was, who was slain before the foundation of the world, before the creation of man. The Lamb of God had to be slain before man was created because it was only through the slain of, uh, you know, God always completes anything before he begins. So it was only through the sacrifice of, um, of the Lamb that man could legitimately be created to be in Christ. The in Christ dimension was created when the Lamb of God was slain before the, the before man was created. So the evolution of man, the the, um, the the generations of man progressing from the first man into the last Adam was made possible by the slain of the son before the foundation of the world. And it was only then that humanity was created. Now, of course, humanity was created in heaven. So not only were we created of heaven in terms of heavenly materiality, we're created in heaven. Revelation 4 sets the context of our creation. When we opened our eyes, um, you know, man is not a physical being. Man is a spiritual being because we're created in his image. And when, 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 uh, when God said, let us make man, he was speaking in heaven. So we're created in heaven. God spoke on his throne and said, let us make man. And when he made us in himself, before he ever formed man's body from the dust of the earth, when he made us in himself, uh, we beheld, uh, our, uh, we, we were beheld and were rejoiced over in heaven. So man is of heaven, in heaven, and he is from heaven. First uh, Corinthians 15, 48 speaks about the fact that uh, we are a race of heavenly beings, okay? Our identity is, um, is from heaven, okay? Just like Jesus is from heaven, you are from heaven, okay? We can't make it any clearer than that. So we need to adjust that. You're not from the earth. You are from heaven. We're created with heaven. Let us make man in our image, okay? He, the only substance that he used to create man was a heavenly substance. It was, it was heaven that created man. It was God that created man. Okay, he said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. It was created by heaven. It was created by heaven. You know, um, Genesis 2, 7 says that God formed man from the dust of the earth. 
but we understand that to be that God formed man's body from the dust of the earth, okay? Um, the body of man is not man. The body of man is uh, a vehicle that would enable man to function in a physical dimension, okay? But man was not created to function uh, purely in a physical dimension. This is part of, we're actually the only created being that has the authority to function in heaven and on earth. We'll speak about that in a minute, okay? Angels have the authority to function in heaven, but they can't stay on the earth. Yes, by divine appointment, they can manifest in the earth to, um, to carry out um, divine action, but they don't have the authority uh, to rule and reign on the earth like humanity does, okay? Humanity, the Bible says that the heavens belong to God, but the earth he has given uh, to the children of men. So he created man's body from the dust of the earth to function in the earth, but not solely uh, to function in the earth. We are created by heaven, okay? And that's why verses like uh, James uh, 2.26, James 2.26 says that just like the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead. Without your body, your spirit can function fine. Your spirit does not need your body to function because you are not an earthly being, but your body needs your spirit to function. Just like this shirt I'm wearing is only alive or is only moving because I am in it. Once I take the shirt off, and I'm not going to do that right now, but once I take the shirt off and throw it on the couch, it's dead. It can't move without me. But I function quite fine. I can take another shirt and wear it. Your body, uh, just like the body without the spirit is dead, faith without works is dead. But your spirit can function very nicely. Uh, your spirit is not inhibited by your body in its function. The scope of your operation of a human being goes beyond the limitations of the natural man because you are not a natural man. You are a heavenly, um, you are a heavenly being. So man is created, um, uh, man was created of heaven, in heaven, from heaven, with heaven, by heaven, for heaven. We were not created for the earth. We we're created for heaven. You know, in Colossians 1.16, the Bible says that for through the sun, everything was created, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth. All that is seen and all that is unseen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality and authority. It was all created through him and for his purpose. Everything was created for the purpose of heaven. You and I were created for the purpose of heaven. We're not created for the earth. We're created for heaven's purpose, okay? We're created for heaven's purpose. And the purpose of heaven for humanity is not just earthly. You see, we are not earthly beings seeking a spiritual experience. We are created as heavenly beings who have part of our experiences being an earthly one. I'll say that again. We're not, we're not earthly beings seeking a spiritual experience. We are created as heavenly beings who have part, everyone say part, part of our experiences being an earthly one. Okay? We are not created to be earthbound, landlocked, reptilian creatures. Okay? I mean, to draw from this illustration from the animal kingdom, uh, we are created to be amphibians. We operate on earth and in water. We operate in the spirit, in the heavenly realm, 
but we also function in the earthly realm. We're not limited by the laws of the earth because we are created of heaven. We are heavenly beings by nature. We are heavenly beings by creation. The sphere we occupy is the realm of Christ. That is the destiny of our creation. We are one with him in his glory. Everywhere he is, we are. Everywhere he functions, we, are, we function. Um, we are created to be spirit travelers who operate on the earth, but also operate in every dimension that Christ as our head operates. Yeah? Every dimension where Christ as our head operates. Now, by definition, a being that is created is created for its place of functioning. Okay, um, you know, the, the function of a being determines how it's created. Now, if you and I were created to function as one with Christ in every one with him now in his glory, in every dimension he operates in, occupying the Christ dimension, then clearly our operations must mirror the purpose of our creation. Otherwise, that creation is flawed. Okay, and, and that is why we must understand that Christ's resurrection is our resurrection too. We must begin to feast on the realities of this. We must yearn and investigate uh, because then we begin to it, it, we begin to manifest in the uh, actual dimension of operation. We begin to manifest the full sphere of our dimension of operation because we are created to be spirit travelers. We're not created to be landlocked, to be locked in the earth and to be limited uh, to earthly functioning. So what I'm going to be doing now is I'm going to, next week, I'm going to look at the topic, what is reality? Because we, we need to shift our understanding of reality because the reality is uh, that, that if we are one with him in his glory now, and if where the head is, the body is, then the, the, the place that Christ functions determines where we can function since we are created after the nature of the last Adam and are one with Christ. So we're going to be looking at what is reality, and we're going to end the series um, um, looking at union with Christ, okay? Uh, the Bible says in him we live and move and have our being. In, in, in Christ, we live and move and have our being. Living in Christ, moving in Christ, moving in Christ. What does that mean? Moving in Christ, operating uh, transdimensionally. Uh, operating, accessing the realities of heaven, okay? So these are the things we'll be feasting on. And, and following this series, you, you've understood why we have, how we have arrived here. We've looked at scripture, line upon line, precept of, upon precept, uncovering how we arrived here, exploring uh, this creation in Christ and, and, and the implications of being one with him. Uh, have a great time in meditation. Thank you for joining me today. I look forward uh, to sharing with you next Sunday. God bless you.